You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. And welcome to this week's edition of The Couch Brotatoes. I'm Alex. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> Chris. Oh, you changed it up. Morrison. <laughs> Chris Morrison. You address me as such. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back around the table again this week. How's your week been going, buddy? Working. Yeah. Working for the Panera Bread. Oh, yeah. Mother Bread. Mother Bread, yeah. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> with with the youngins. I know. You're like one of the older, uh, the, the more elderly. Yes. Go ahead and throw that one out. You're the most elderly person working there, Chris. I'm an old ass man. You're an old motherfucker now. <laughs> no, seriously. What's it like working with the Gen Zers now? Cause it's not the, bad. It's because not- that's the weird thing is between the millennials and what was the one that came after? Because there's one in between the millenn- uh, generation X. X. X was a little difficult to work with, and it almost feels like Gen Z kind of understands the millennials a little more, mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. No, it's all right. They think I'm 25, <laughs> <laughs> which is very a nice compliment. <laughs> Wait, I was gonna say, yeah, you'd rather get 25 than 45. Yeah, I got 45 one time working at a place, and it was just the the terrible way I, I look <laughs> of how of how my appearance gives off that white supremacy vibe. Well, <laughs> well, it. It also hit me the other day too at my work because um, my coworker is just a couple years younger than me, and then the guy that took my position is like fucking twenty two. Yeah, but he's like a deaf twenty two. So that's a different thing. So all of a sudden, it hit me and my main coworker. We were just like, "We're the adults in the we need an adult situation." Oh fuck! You will die. We are the adults, (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's kind of a weird thing to think on. (laughs) You're so old. Your body's gonna give up on you soon. No, no. That's why we have shows like this so we can continue to live out our childhood and just completely uh, disengage from all of society and dig into the the tail end of your golden years. Let me tell you something about Chevrolet. Beep. Just flatlined right there. Doing it from your hospital bed. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, talking about enjoying shit we liked as kids, let's go ahead and head on over to our new segment so we can talk about one of the biggest trailers that dropped this last week or two. Oh, yeah. Yes, we've got Mandalorian Season 3 on the horizon. Coming out March 1st. March 1st. Um, impressions of the trailer. What'd you think? I'm really excited. They're going to do, they're going to really introduce more of the Mandalorian uh, yes. people. They're going back to Mandalore. It looks like it looks like we're going to get some uh, flashback footage from Order sixty six from the original Star Wars uh, three uh, one through three. Um, and that's one thing I'm kind of like that kind of threw me off. I think we've already acknowledged that enough with the other Star Wars stuff. I think we can step off of it for right now. Like, like yeah, this is supposed to be a Star Wars story. Let's 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 talk about a character that's not a fucking Jedi. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We got 
great cameos from Luke Skywalker. You know, we got great cameos from Bo-Katan and all these other characters who have been in development. But now you've kind of set up, hey, let's go back to Mandalore. Let's go back to more about Pedro Pascal's character. You know, let's find out more about him. I could really give a shit about the Jedi. Like, I'm, so, I'm, like, I'm serious. Like, it's, it, it gets it gets overplayed and oversaturated very quickly. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. And they've had a lot of success right now with Andor, which I still haven't watched, but they had a lot of success with The Bad Batch, which also isn't, like, a very Jedi-heavy storyline. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that kind of intercede. And if they do that moving forward, I think that's pretty smart. Yeah. Because anytime you start involving Jedi and those really big, you know, grand mystical type stories, yeah. you wind up running into a lot of problems where there's a lot of area to mess with that canon mm-hmm. and a lot of things to kind of fuck up and get the fan base annoyed. Whereas exactly what you're saying, if you focus on these kind of smaller characters that don't have a canon pre-built, that, yeah. you know, their story is not based upon, you know, when you really think about it, we're kind of focusing on one family of an entire mm. galaxy of motherfuckers. Yeah. So it's like there's a bunch of stories that have nothing to do with the main that you're right. They can absolutely do. I think the only thing I may uh, disagree with you on is I know where you're coming from on them doing so much retracing of mm. Mandalore. But I believe they did a lot of that in the Clone Wars animated show, correct? Yeah. So Mandalore isn't. In the in the three D animated, yeah, Mandalore's brought up quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and that's where you get your Bo-Katan and stuff like that. Those characters, right. and we find out that the Empire does like kind of a a back alley deal with them, and then uh, renegotiates the contract, <laughs> and then kills them all. Like the, and we've saw that footage in like season two, I believe, of yep, all two. all the Mandalorians being killed and kind of forced under, which you know. The amount of scores of people you would probably need to kill the the warrior planet would be ridiculously large. <laughs> yeah, so I can absolutely see where you're coming from on you know maybe kind of lay that portion of it to bed because mm-hmm. you know you watched a lot of the animated series. Um, I'm kind of among maybe kind of looking around maybe about maybe twenty five to fifty percent of the fan base that just doesn't watch mm-hmm. the animated. So really, my basis of everything Star Wars is the live action yeah. stuff. I've never really read the comics, never really expanded into any of the animated shows, yeah. or even really followed any of the game lore outside of that recent one yeah. that came out. Um, uh, so for me. I am personally kind of interested to see in the way they kind of pull that across, mainly because I've just not gotten that story quite as much as, yeah. you know, other fans like you that watch the animated. I think we'll get a nice little preamble to um, what will eventually become the First Order, kind of a restructure of the Empire, kind of. Um, that would be kind of my biggest hope by the end of the third season is, mm-hmm. hey, let's see how the Empire changed to the First Order. Let's see, hey, what changes were they making? Because it's going to be like a 20-year gap between, you know, Return of the Jedi, which is Mandalorian Season 1-2, to, you know, Force Awakens. So we're going to get quite a bit of things. Would it be cool to see a kid Poe Dameron? That'd be cool, selling dope on the street or something, you know, <laughs> spice, <laughs> selling his fucking drugs on the street. You know, uh, we did see some characters that we saw from um, the Rise of Skywalker, the little Muppet character, yeah, the uh, um, Bobo Frick or whatever. Yeah, we saw characters that look like that. The species, yep. it, uh, it's just going to add to the lore. It is, it is you know, it is a. 
tapestry uh, <laughs> of, of storytelling of a space western. <laughs> uh, I'm extremely excited for it. That this is this is one of the ongoing Star Wars things that even though season two wasn't quite as mm. good and Book of Mandalore or Book of Boba Fett was more or less just a fun popcorn ride yeah. even though those weren't as great I'm still holding on to this series and just with excitement does it feel that like the trailer is a little too close to the premiere date do you get that you know what I'm saying like when we first saw Star Wars trailer you know it's like Christmas of 2024 and it's just like okay that's cool you know just an announcement we didn't even get an announcement this is just a straight up trailer and it's what two months out a month a month out and this came out like the tail end of last week I think yeah, it, yeah, so it like, slipped right under my radar for last week's week, news a five week hey get ready you know and it's just like that's very fast well I think that's kind of indicative of where Disney is right now they're not very confident on their Star Wars IP yeah. because both Star Wars and Marvel you know of course you know, there's going to be the subset of fans that, you know, loves nearly any everything they put out. But, you know, I would say both Marvel and Star Wars have been kind of hit and miss lately with some of their properties, mm-hmm. you know. Because, like I said, again, you're going to find people that love yeah. anything. But at the same time, the mass majority, I've not seen huge clamoring toward Andor. Yeah. I didn't see a mass clamoring toward, you know, Book of Boba Fett. Same thing as I'm not really seeing it toward a lot of the recent Marvel movies or TV series. You know, and a lot of those I haven't really enjoyed. But I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of people enjoying them along yeah. with. So, I don't know. I think it's just indicative of kind of where Disney is right now. And the one thing I took away from the trailer, and it's not too much of a negative, it was when we were watching it together, it felt like maybe the first 15 to 20 seconds was stuff I had already seen before. Like, I could tell it was new footage. I could tell Mm. they weren't recycling things, but like the... Everything just felt so familiar. I was like, oh, yeah, I I could place that in season one. I could place that in season two. I'm just hoping they do something pretty fun and creative with this season. And it doesn't feel like, hey, you're just getting another season of the Star Wars show you like. I'm really aching for them to do something interesting with this. I think this is going to be a very, very well done season. Um I know there's a lot of push for season two of Obi-Wan. So I think that's kind of why they're trying to do March 1st premiere instead of, let's say, an April or a May, you know, to tail into the summer or the, the beginning of summer. Because um, that's when I would have expected it would be May. Right. You know, just give it, give us a summer show. You know, it's going to kick off. Um, because notoriously, it was always like around Christmas holiday time. You know, that's when the last two seasons were, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas time, and stuff like yep. that. And I think what it is, like you said, there's not a lot of product coming out of Disney. Um, plus, this is going toe to toe with The Last of Us, which has got a massive fucking critical acclaim from fans. Oh yeah, and I remember seeing um, little talk pieces about Last of Us before it came out, and like a lot of fans were kind of on that. I'm really worried. I want this to be good, but I don't have faith. Like a lot of people were not expecting it to work as well as it did because it's a video game adaptation. And, exactly, and we've talked about it before. Video games are the next movies, like. The best Spider-Man movie is the Spider-Man game. Yep. Like you know, to say like one of the greatest westerns I've ever watched was Red Dead Two. And it's like it's just like if, if you sit down and just watch the video game play and best, like, best uh, post-apocalyptic movie is Fallout. Yeah. And it's just like you know, The Last of Us is one of those stories that are just you know, it's set in that that mainstream you know scientific world, uh, science fiction world yep. of all oh, the worlds collapsed. This is about loss, and this is going to show you about loss. And when it first came out, the game, 
people were like, what the fuck? You can do that in a game. You can kill a main character's daughter in front of him. And it's just like, oh, enjoy. That was the first 15 minutes. It's going to get so much fucking well, if they worse. they want to make a fucked up movie, make a heavy rain movie. Yeah. like uh, <laughs> I, I, it, it would be funny to do a heavy rain, but do it as like a comedy just a little bit, like a slapstick. Just like, oh, fuck. I, I, like, he just reaches for the doorknob and goes... <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's got to be some slapstick of like him missing his face with the mug because yeah. it's like that whole oh, first son of a bitch. <laughs> the first ten minutes of that entire game is you having to learn the controls and just like do your morning mm-hmm. routine, and you're like mother fuck. <laughs> this is when the PS4 had just come out, and they're trying to use all those like mm-hmm. moving controls, use the touchpad yeah. for things, stuff that you never use that controller for anymore. Yeah. It's just yeah, but, but I, yeah, the uh, Last of Us has proven that you know video game adaptation can be done correctly um it is still you know early you know i think we're only on episode one or, or two or three right now um and that was another one when we saw the trailer uh was i believe it was like before thanksgiving of last year you know mm-hmm. that's a very big gap for them to show and what a trailer on that one but i think it's just because of how confident they were yeah but i again i think right now between the kind of mediocre I not I wouldn't say anything has been outright bad mm-hmm. from Marvel but there's been some kind of mediocre that's been coming out from them lately yeah. and I think with them just not getting such a warm reception to basically anything Star Wars related they've done aside from Rogue One and the first season of Mandalorian mm-hmm. those seem to be the only two things that almost every Star Wars fan will go yeah that was good yeah. <laughs> and you know it's kind of hard to hard to you know, George Lucas isn't involved, obviously. Um, you can take that either as a good thing or a bad thing because, you know, he fucked his own story up quite a bit. You know, we watched it yep. w- with uh, George R. Beeks. <laughs> you know, and, I still no say, and I still say, when we talked about Force Awakens, I think it would have hit harder if Poe Dameron in the beginning of Force Awakens had met up with George R. Beeks instead of Max von Sydow that we see in the tent. Can you imagine how hard that would have hit that they would have killed him in front of you? Like he's old and withered and he has regret about helping the Empire become the Empire. And he actually learned how to properly speak and he's speaking all Shakespearean and yes. he looks like yes. w- like war-torn and everything else. Oh, he's, like, he's, he's like missing an eye or some shit. Uh-huh. Like, and it's just like, hey, remember this character? His slapstick piece of shit. We're going to kill him in front of you. Misa, do the right thing. Oh, and, gets, and just gets choked to death. Yes. And he calls him by his name. Hey, Ben. And it's just like, <laughs> you sub. Yeah. <laughs> Punk ass trick. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, it's my excitement for really Marvel and Star Wars is kind of waning some. Like Ant Man brought me back up a little bit. That looks really fun. And so does this. So who knows? Um, and, and I also wonder when you were saying, you know, usually this is a bit more of like a summertime thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if because they've, since they've only had mediocre success with MCU and they've kind of had some backlashes mm-hmm. with Star Wars, I wonder if they're kind of just putting more eggs in their MCU basket and saving some of that stuff for the summer. I imagine so. Keep yeah. Star Wars out of the way. Yeah, I imagine that's what they're doing because, you know, you don't want to compete with yourself. No. Because then you're just dividing your viewership and I will say people don't like we don't have the money to watch all this shit like no, all the fucking the time. time yeah you, know, you gotta work and I think they're if I was a person in the studio when it comes to like scheduling product to come out I would want to see what other studios are promising to come out because you don't want to pull a James Cameron and pull fucking Avatar 2 out of your ass right when Megan comes out and you get beat by a goddamn comedy thriller. 
about I a know, fucking I love that. I about love a TikTok it. dancing robot who murders people, and I'm pretty sure it probably eats one of them. Like, <laughs> I still really want to see that movie. Oh god, it's gonna be fantastic. Oh god, I heard it was actually too brutal for what they wanted, and they cut it back, and that's why it's PG thirteen. Oh, so they're gonna be a, there's gonna be an unrated version, and there's always there's already talk of the second one. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. No, actually, that's... two robots boogaloo. It, it kind of looks like this year is shaping up to be pretty good for horror movies of all years. Well, uh, speaking of that, uh, Sean S. Cunningham, the guy that made Friday the 13th um, and a couple other great horror flicks, has actually came out and said that he will be rebooting the Friday the 13th franchise, along with the House franchise, which is another horror um set with uh norman cliff from fucking cheers were in it but uh but yeah so he he would be coming out with another uh probably like a full reboot like we've seen before they tried doing it years ago was basically movies one two and three put together uh and it was fun it, it kind of made a little it made jason a little bit more realer like hey how did he get around so fast oh he, there's a tunnel between under the underground that he keeps running that he can run to from yeah and it's just like oh shit was he in vietnam or some shit because he got all these little tunnels right there. <laughs> was he in denang like and and so i'm like I, i'm 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 excited that sean is cunningham is coming back for it because he wasn't involved with the later ones and the one that came out a few years ago so okay. yeah that's what i was going to ask because that's the other thing too is we seem to be getting a resurgence of a lot of these 70s horror movies getting rebooted we mm-hmm. saw the new texas chainsaw that came out on netflix fucking hilarious uh and <laughs> And, and I can't think of the other ones right off, but it did feel like there was a couple others yeah. that were kind of bubbling. And there are up. Not like there's a big, you know, big, big, you know, resurgence of you know new directors. Your Ari Aster's, your Ty West, Ty West is coming back. Uh, he's actually going to be the first one to ever create a triple feature with uh, X Pearl, and the next movie will be coming out soon. So within a span of one year, he'll have. You know, a three set, three three movie set. Plus, you have Barbarians been approved for a sequel uh, or a sequel esque movie by the director. Um, and all these, you know, newer horror movies have really been pumping out pretty good. I consider like we've talked about it before. Uh, the menu had just arrived, and and we'll do an episode on yeah. that one. That that's been on my watch. I've seen a I've been now served up a bunch of yeah. shorts from it and mm-hmm. i'm like god this looks good i actually need to sit down and watch the damn but also thing. hbo investing into the horror genre quite a bit with like malignant yes which is batshit insane but also barbarian and a couple other things yeah well talking about fake horror move into real life horror uh as a proxy of that justin Rowland has been now kicked off of rick and morty mm-hmm. but we saw a thing from adult swim where they said that rick and morty will continue yeah, it, it's you know it's an IP they want to keep. Yeah. Um, even with, you know, they still have Dan Harmon. Yeah, but didn't he even? I now look. I'm speaking from a lot of mm-hmm. ignorance, listeners. I don't watch Rick and Morty. I don't pay attention to what these guys do. I watched a few clips when it was super mega crazy popular a few mm-hmm. years ago and went. I, it's not my funny. I see no. why people find this funny. It's not my funny. It's just you know, it's just another show, you know. Um, but what I was saying though is, didn't he? Didn't Dan step away? Yeah, Dan Harmon stepped away because him and Justin Rowland had worked so hard on that. But Dan Harmon also came from Community and a couple of other you know shows, um, which we'll talk about Community later. Uh, but they they have they had their own problems going into it which we've seen a lot from producers lately is as bad yes and no uh dan Harmon's kind of situation was a little awkward 
but he was also working with people like Chevy fucking Chase, who probably shouldn't be in fucking acting anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I could understand him losing his goddamn shit. But, you know, Justin Rowland fucked up. And yeah. I don't see it affecting Rick and Morty or Solar Opposites, which is the other show on Hulu, or any other product coming out of that main production house. Um, in a... In a Big way. It's it's voice acting that that's what's going to be an issue. Uh, I'm kind of gonna, I'm kind of excited to see how they're going to do it because the way Rick and Morty is is so meta that they make fun of themselves constantly. I'm just like, yeah, fuck it up. Like really fuck with it. Just because the the the, the, the fandom for that is almost as bad as Star Wars. So <laughs> I would almost say worse. They're fucking toxic as shit. <laughs> and I, look, Star Wars fans didn't descend on McDonald's screaming shit, demanding fucking sugary sauce. Yeah, no, they just. Loitered outside a movie theater. Yeah, <laughs> and quietly pe- and harassed people. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, for Force Awakens. Yeah, I remember that shit hard. <laughs> like, and it's just like this happened. This happened. Like, Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I'm trying to see the new Indiana Jones movie, <laughs> but like you know, that's that's kind of indicative of a lot of you know people who do shows in general. You know, Nickelodeon being the biggest one. You know, um, but. It's, it's just one guy on this. Yeah. And I told you before we recorded that uh, there is a petition right now to have Danny DeVito and Charlie Day replace Rick and Morty. You know, if that happened, I would watch an episode. Uh, yeah, that, that would, that that would, would that, get me to watch an episode. Yeah, that would be funny. But, like, Justin Rowland only has one acting job, one voice acting job on Solar Opposites. So that show would continue. And that show, yeah. to me, is more is better than Rick and Morty. And, and doesn't Justin do both Rick and Morty? Yes, I believe the voice, so. and, and I think that was the main thing that I was kind of sitting here going like, "Wow," is like, I don't know. Um, that would be as if you know Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers decided to continue on, even Without. though Tom died, mm. and just call themselves the Heartbreakers. Which mm. I'm sure that version of the band did some stuff randomly mm. here and there, but still, it, it would be under that same pretense of like, mm. ah, yeah, because it's almost kind. of I don't know. The more I'm thinking on it, it's a pretty good comparison because with a band, especially a singer-songwriter like Tom Petty, he created the sound and the vision, sent it off to the other musicians, and they play it. So it's something that he started and they continue on. Much like, say, with Rick and Morty, it's something that Justin helped start, created the foundation, wrote the scripts, and now they're going to continue on without the person that had the initial idea yeah. it just feels really weird now i'm not saying you know cancel the show mm. i don't hate the show i'm I, for the fans i'm glad it's going to continue and for the most part looking online everyone seems to be cool with the decision yeah. so great on you fantastic i guess just as a creative and someone that also is on both sides of the field i just go ah it's going to be weird is it not yeah, like well, the, the main create okay matt well, groening is no longer part of the simpsons no. and someone else is going to voice homer no. like that that would be a little well not he'd never voice my you know what i mean yeah. though but it's It'd like be a little weird it, like it's no different than when we was watching the 90s show out of the three producers that did that 70s show terry turner's the only guy that came back right and the producers of that show are big part are like knee deep in it so oh, yeah so we still get it you know the show was still good in my opinion so like i'm not seeing as much of Joyce, uh, Justin Roiland's fucking hands in the pot on this one, especially in the later seasons. But 
it's not like everybody's comparing this to like what if Seth MacFarlane had fucked up first of all Seth MacFarlane has like 40 fucking shows and he is talking to himself constantly in every fucking show that is not the same comparison <laughs> okay like we need to just be watching out for his sanity yeah like, <laughs> he will have a mental fucking breakdown and kill somebody and dress like a giant teddy bear or some shit like um but this show can continue will it finish yes i totally believe it should another show i like um that's kind of the same situation is the venture brothers uh doc hammer and a couple of other guys who make the show have kind of stepped away come back stepped away come back not because of some controversy just because they don't have the time because just like justin rowling was they were entrenched with adult swim and hbo and shit like that so there is a schedule that needs to be made yeah and whether they come back whether he comes back or not or whether he just you know does anything is up in the air and i don't think that's going to really affect the show in quality now i could be fucking wrong yeah i hope i'm not but i think probably season seven would be the last yeah i could definitely see solar opposites lasting a little longer than rick and morty would at the solar point. opposites it's fucking solid yeah the, and the episodes i watched and, was really good and somehow the c plot is the best plot in that fucking show the wall people the wall people <laughs> no I, I watched a few episodes with you and yeah that, that was that was much more enjoyable than rick and morty so i would definitely for my own personal thing i'd like to see solar opposites last a little longer on that one yeah um Another little piece that came out that I was at least kind of excited for is if you own the Nintendo 64 expansion pack for the Nintendo Switch, they just dropped GoldenEye 64. The the first multiplayer fire uh, FPS. Yes. And normally that would be just kind of the end of that story. But something else I found out is not only did it get released on Switch, it's part of Xbox as well. Mm-hmm. So Xbox now has a Nintendo 64 game. Well, the James Bond franchise had uh, expanded to Xbox uh, years ago when um, I want to say the world's not enough. And they've made games like that. Uh, Mr. Sunday Movies plays like all the James Bond games, but they've been playing them on the Xbox. And I'm just like watching them play these fucking stupid ass games. And the whole story of how the people that own James Bond. Uh, the Broccoli family, that's literally their fucking name. <laughs> the Broccoli family uh, have the property rights to James Bond, and they're very secure about the property uh, when it comes to making James Bond movies. Like, they have a say on who gets to be James Bond and shit like that. Even though Ian Fleming, the man who wrote the shit, didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And they're mainly stories about him because he wrote stories about doing spy shit in World War II with Raul Dahl, the guy that wrote James and the Giant Peach and mm-hmm. the BFG. Yeah, those guys, your favorite kid writer, was a fucking Nazi murdering spy. <laughs> like, that's what they did <laughs> back in the day. I love it, though. Yeah, yeah that, that was the shit. Yeah. You know? Hey, yeah, you like James and the Giant Peach? It's an allegory for him strangling a Nazi to death <laughs> with, with a fucking piano wire. <laughs> and it's just metal. Metal <laughs> shit. And it's, it's funny because... The games are still going, and they really—I um, uh, believe it was like two, three years ago—they released James Bond Fifty, which was like it had a, a level from Mario uh, Mario Sixty Four. It had <laughs> a level Golden Eye Sixty Four in it, so it was one of the coolest games that kind of flew under the radar for the Sixty Four mm-hmm. because it was fans who noticed the multiplayer, and it was all actually uh, the story of uh, Golden Eye Sixty Four is they added that in. The developers added that in later on. That's kind of like we need to test out the mechanics of the characters, and then they decided saying, "Hey, can we add this, this, and this?" And that's why you get character selection and stuff like that. Because the game, you know, for its time, was the first one where you had to reload. 
you had to uh, move a certain way with the way the joysticks and everything's controlled. You have a camera, a camera stick and a move stick, you know, as opposed to the NES and SNES where you had Doom and it's just like run, move side to side, run. Um, and also another thing that uh, first person shooters do is bullet effects, which is like makes it look as realistic as possible. So when you shoot a wall, in Goldeneye, there's a bullet hole. Yeah, games had like off and on did this, and it, it, it fucked you, it fucked this experience up quite a bit. Because if I shoot something, nothing happens. But like now, if I shoot something, a whole fucking hole is getting in the wall, and I can write my name in bullets if I wanted to. But like, <laughs> that's something that adds to the, but that adds to the experience of the game. Kind of yeah. like uh, when you play Spider Man, you kick a dude off a building. Did he die? No. It, like some magical web came out of nowhere and <laughs> zipped into a fucking building. Which I've tried so hard to murder people <laughs> in the Spider Man game. Spider Man won't kill. <laughs> Spider Man swinging like an eighty degree arc at fucking one hundred sixty miles, kicking a dude in the chest off a building. He's dead. His heart was liquefied. <laughs> You're just holding on to a corpse. <laughs> yeah, I'm holding on to a corpse that who who, who has forgotten his family and children. You know, just like, his head has bounced off the ground too hard. Golden Knight 64 was uh, definitely the first um, mm-hmm. kind of first person shooter I ever played. Um, we and, rented it from Best Buy. I'm not Best Buy. Um, Blockbuster a whole lot because we had one just kind of right down the road mm-hmm. and uh, mom would let me alternate I usually alternated between getting that Mario 64 and Yoshi Story yeah. and so I'd usually just kind of flip flop between getting those but every time I had GoldenEye I really liked that one the only time experience I've had with it since then is I think it was available for the virtual console on the mm, Wii. Yeah. Uh, I got it then and like played a few levels and went, this yeah. isn't that good. What uh, What's crazy is like another part of the game was there were so many different ways to play the actual story of the game. So yeah. you if you played it like a spy, you know, s- snuck around, you could complete the game a certain way and there's a different ending, I believe, on certain levels. Yeah. Um, and the the whole like let's take a photo of Pierce Brosnan and put it on a 3D model and model it after and everybody's like holy shit that's cool that's so fucking realistic you know it looks like James Bond and it's like it's and like, now it's like are we characters look better than yeah, this yeah, well what's funny is like I think it's like 80 polygons on a fucking 64 character and now uh you can't there's not enough that's not even enough to make Mario's eye yeah like 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 you need like 160 polygons just to make like his hat (laughs) on the switch or some shit it's funny like how like the dynamic of like hey let's make this work as cheap as possible it's kind of like if you play pc games and put it on the lowest setting yes and it just looks like trash (laughs) and it's just like that is fucking hilarious and then you turn it all the way the fuck up and it's just like I could see the the bead of sweat above his eye. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. But that, that, you know, Goldeneye would have been a great game to remake now. Yes. And that's actually one of the things I'm surprised they did is I'm surprised that, you know, well, I'm happy they're putting it out on the virtual console, but I'm surprised they didn't give it the remaster treatment. Like Mm. we get with a lot of these old games where it's like, they basically rebuild it from the ground up, just keeping the same levels. Yeah. But that's probably from the broccoli family who, who don't want to keep, pushing older movies and want to push the new movies yeah uh because stupid broccoli yeah the broccoli family are fucking idiots <laughs> they are like they legitimately are because they they refuse to uh, republish the original books uh and 
everybody's like clamoring for the books now and then someone released it illegally on digital and it got torrented like a motherfucker like, <laughs> Hell yeah and it's just like and because it's a book and it's a torrent it takes like two seconds to download yep. the entire book and it's just like, like done and they're like we're losing fucking money well you were asked to redo it. like you <laughs> well stupid. you're not losing money if you're not printing them to start yeah, with yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, Fuck. but it's it's fucking hilarious the way that that family is so full of idiots <laughs> And, man, you, every. I oh, but going I, to a quick, a quick thing. Uh, Game Freak, the company Game Freak, will mm-hmm. no longer be doing Pokemon games. Oh shit! Yeah, they're <laughs> well, getting out of the Poke business. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's partly the Pokemon company now, anyway. So, but like they've, they've always developed the games, even yeah. this last game. Mm-hmm. But now they're getting out of the the Pokemon business. Well, shit. Well, now you fucked up my segue, Chris. What was your segue? <laughs> I was about to say, with this new format, you're giving me all these perfect segues that I was going to use because we were talking about fucked up families. There is a new tv show on tlc of fucking course the learning channel the learning channel well ladies and gentlemen we're going to be learning on this new show called milf manor how to not have sex with your son (laughs) there's a whole sub graphic on pornhub about that's the opposite of that yes (laughs) (laughs) when i say this show is fucking asinine it is you take The Bachelor and Bachelorette or Love is Blind, which is one of those like... Was it like, blind- was it like for blind people? No, it's worse. Uh, it would have been better if it was for blind people. Because <laughs> we see them, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> the fucked up thing about you know a show like Love is Blind is I, there's one of them, and I think that's what it's called, where you're dating while wearing like prosthetic masks and like full head like coverings that's hilarious and if you agree to date each other then you're allowed to reveal your face so it's like a big blind dating show it's worse than this you get all these fucking what they're called milfs uh in this mansion and they're under the pretense that they're on like some bachelor show and some strapping young man is going to come out and you Mm -hmm. know they've got a vie for his attention well you quickly find out that there is a contestant for every female there so it's equally numbered and it's everyone's sons so i'm assuming these men are probably what between 21 and 25 uh try 19 and 25 Okay. Yes. So the women are between probably 37 and 40. Uh, Closer to 40 to 60. Okay. Uh-huh. This show sends off so many what-the-fuck creeper flags. I can't describe it. There's a YouTuber I watch named Leon Lush, mm-hmm. and he loves finding trash TV like yeah. this and watching it. And oh, that's all Learning Channel is, trash TV. Absolutely. Same thing with History Channel, where the, his, dude, where the past dude, is history. You, you were talking about nostalgia a while back uh uh, earlier and yeah i was like that that right there probably would hit me harder than anything if i would go to watch history channel today and going back from when i used to watch it when it was all about world war ii learning about the germans learning about modern marvels and you know tragedies and stuff like that or just talk about engineering magnificence you know to aliens built everything and uh yeah, human human society is garbage. Yeah. You want to watch people shoot alligators? Okay, <laughs> and like that's that's what happened. That's what fucking happened to the History Channel, the Learning Channel, American and Entertainment, which is an A and E. Like what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's goddamn ridiculous. And this show is just it's, it's right up there with Trailer Trash, Honey Boo Boo. You know, it, it really is because the whole it, 
it's bad if the whole crux of your show, if the big selling point is, is incest. Incest! Why? Why is this a show? Like, literally, the first competition to see... Because, oh, oh, the secondary thing is all the sons to the mothers have to share a room. Okay? But they're allowed to bring the person that they're talking with into the room. Yeah, so you're just listening to your mom getting raw dog by some guy you just hung out with. Yeah. And you're probably fucking that dude's mom later on. Yeah. it's it's If that's the selling point of your show, where have we become... Oh no! Like no, no, don't don't talk talk about lowering the bar. I'm not talking about lowering the bar. It's just like I'm sure the bar was already set there. But like, oh yeah. Well, I was saying that the first competition to see who gets the big room, okay, with I guess more privacy or whatever. But mm-hmm. this room has like a fucking jacuzzi and all this shit. And it's like the yeah. master, like the suite. real world or some shit. Yeah. Yes, it's the master suite. It's the nice one. Part of the competition is the mothers get blindfolded all of the sons take their shirts off and the moms have to feel the chests and bodies of all the young men to figure out which one her son is Mm. i would have walked the fuck out (laughs) i would have just been like no well the stipulation no you gotta think about the stipulations of any reality show is fucked up like as far as that goes that's that's fucking awful yeah but like but like if you think about the stipulations of like the bachelor or bachelorette you have to agree at some point in the contractual game hey if you make it to like the top three or some shit you have to get your family involved and say hey can i bring this person home and fuck them and then can i fuck them in your childhood home while you're there like that is the the like it it's always been like that. They're just amping it up with incest. <laughs> <laughs> just what we need. Let's amp something up with incest. <laughs> Why, not? Why not? We're all going to hell. <laughs> uh, Together. It, that is one of those shows where it's like, I'm so amazed that it exists. Mm. But at the same time, now I want to watch all the review episodes yeah. just to see how fucking nuts this goes. Same thing with that... Um, that adult adoption show. Yeah. Remember that thing that got canceled after yeah. like three episodes, it but apparently they entire like they filmed an entire fucking season. No. Well, it's like Kid Nation. Kid Nation was a horrible idea. Well, Kid Nation, yes, that was a bad idea. That was poorly executed. Both of these shows, like the uh, adult adoption show, guys, look this one up on YouTube. There's a million fucking commentators that did this. A guy that had a history with infidelity with his wife, with like younger kids, I didn't want to say underage, younger kids, like 18 plus, mm. is now adopting... Like a 21-year-old with a child. Yes, like a 20, 21-year-old child that is also pregnant with her own child. Mm. And the entire time, you're just watching this wife like wither away, like emotionally, mentally. And the guys making jokes, like they're they're making like signs for like when she flies into town. Welcome to town. Where's my blowing? Yes! Oh my fucking god! And the wife's just sitting here, ha ha ha. You know that's not really funny. And he's just like, I'm not trying to be funny. Ha ha. And like walks away. She's like, I just don't know what people are gonna think. And he's just like, I don't care what people think. This is love. I want to love this. Like I want my own daughter and i'm like no you want a 20 year old little fuck toy <laughs> and you want to fuck her in the same bed that your wife is laying next to you and dare her to say something well, i think i think the people at tlc and the history channel and stuff like that kind of get in a room and seeing like at what point does public shame make money and this is this is where it's at 
Like that's that's the whole pro. Like if you if you appear on the show The Big Brother, or if you appear on you know Extreme Cheapskates, Hoarders, and something, you have a certain mentality. One, you need money, which is totally understandable. You can't get money fast enough, so you decide to sell your life to a reality show, and that that happens. That's a lot of people get famous from doing stupid shit like that. The guy that won Survivor, the first guy, got pretty famous for the three years afterward where he like, took that money and invested it and turned, you know, turned his life around. Um, but you have other people, I think Chris James had pointed out during uh, extreme cheap skates. He's like, Oh, Hey, I saw this girl before hit me in the comments and it turned out that girl was on Jersey shore for a few episodes. So like there is a scripted part of it. And then there's always, like, and there's always producers kind of like eyeing talent in a very ridiculous way. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, it's like it's just, this is going to be on the fire heap that is reality TV. <laughs> it's like these people watched it. It's like it's like they looked at a season description of Jerry Springer mm-hmm. and like looked at certain episode titles and went. 50-year-old married man adopts 20-year-old girl with child? We could make this a series. Like, instead of it just being a singular episode on Trash TV for us to gawk at and go, well, at least my family's not that fucked up, click. Now it's an entire season or series of that one episode. I heard that being, like, probably the funniest, like, punchline of any Jerry Springer or Maury or Montel. It's like... Have you been in a relationship with a trans person for yes! over 10 years and haven't realized it? And it's just like, call us today. Do you have really big news you want to share with your significant other but just don't know the right way to do it? Call the Jerry Springer hotline. And there was a, a just to plan off that a little bit, there was a story of a woman who worked for the company that made Jerry Springer. And she had came on toward the latter years. And people would send in, uh, this is back during the videotape time, and people would send in videotapes, uh, interview tape. And she's like, I hadn't, and she, her job was actually to watch all of them in their entirety. That was her job. And she said she watched about 80 to 90 hours of footage a week. That was her job. She said she had watched so much snuff film that she had become kind of emotionless. Like she had, people would send in snuff films and she would have to document it and report it and where it came from, you know, like, wow. And like, I'm just thinking like that one guy who's just trying to get on Jerry. can't get on Jerry because the woman just watched a, a person get killed by a gorilla. Or some <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's what, the, that's what happened. It's like, Oh man, we missed the next George Clooney because of that son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I, uh, it's not a super, super well-known story, so I won't say exactly who, uh, but through different musician friends of mine, uh, there was someone that was a friend of theirs that got asked on the Jerry Springer show. Mm-hmm. No, someone from my hometown was on there. Yeah, and um, with this one, he came on saying that he was like this musical cult leader and had like all these you know women by his side that at the snap of his fingers she would do anything you know sexual otherwise whatever that was all made up on the spot yeah they he he go because he got the attention of the crew because of his shock rock antics Mm -hmm. um and he thought he was just going to go on there to talk about, you know, just the crazy shit that happens on stage. And while they were backstage getting like their um, pre-interview, just to get a little bit more further detail, the producer was like, hey, um, do you have any like friends in town for like tomorrow's taping? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah. You know, I brought a few people with me and they're like, who are they? 
And I started asking like producer questions and they were like, can you get them to agree to be your disciples? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess I'd do that. You know, went back, told the two girls, he's like, hey, we got to ham it up for this show. You got to act like mm-hmm. my sex pets, you know, and just be like absolutely anything. And they're like, all right, yeah, cool. Like that they get on there and they just, they play it up. They got the audience so riled up and they're just like, yeah, we'll eat a shit. It doesn't matter. Yada, yada, yada. Ah! All fucking fake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that was the big point of, um, you know, some of the things that happen in reality TV. There are crimes that happen afterward because of some of the things that happen. And then that's why I kind of get super scripted later on. Yeah. Uh, a good story of this is Judge Judy and uh, court TV and stuff like that. Uh, there's a comedian who constantly shows up on these shows and him and his buddy just sue each other. Yep. And, I remember seeing that. And this guy, this guy, he's just like <laughs> deadpan act, uh, you know, comedian. And it's so fucking funny. <laughs> it is. And it's just like, he talks about how kind of rude and like racist the judge Judy people were. And it, then that turned into a whole story of like, Oh, they, they are very selective on a race way on how they pick people to be on judge judy and then mm-hmm. then you had like judge mathis and judge brand judge joe brown was a big one i, I wasn't a fan of court tv growing up so no, they're no they're no they're not actual judges they're arbiters yeah but like <laughs> but like arbiter bu- judy my, just doesn't have the same ring yeah, to yeah, it yeah but like my buddies would watch it and i'm just like this is the dumbest fucking shit put on maury <laughs> <laughs> we're watching real stories we're watching real stories all right Put on my put on my stories. <laughs> well, speaking of real stories and trash TV and everything else, let's go ahead and move on into our main topic. Our main topic this week is going to be banned episodes of popular TV shows. Oh, yes. um, this is one of my favorite subsections to dive into mm-hmm. on YouTube, whether it be like lost episodes, banned episodes, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of stuff. Because it's it's always the scenario of like, especially when you run into like banned episodes from like the mid and early 2000s. Oh, yeah. There's a few of them I'm like, I know for a fact I saw this on TV. You're meaning to tell me I saw one of the three airings yeah. of this episode? You're fucking kidding me yeah and it's fascinating especially when you get up to like the more wholesome television shows uh you know from back in the day that have been either banned or lost um but yeah it is fascinating that you know someone can just come in and cut it out of the story especially if you know if the show's trying to do continuity and then that continuity is just lost. Yeah, yeah, which is very rare. And that I probably I imagine that goes into the play of a banning an episode too. It's like, hey, can we still keep the show going if we just eighty six it? <laughs> well, talking about some of the um, more classic examples, uh, because or when I say classic, I mean uh, older examples. Mm-hmm. Because of course you've got your stuff like your Simpsons and your Family Guy and your South Park from the nineties and thousands. But this is not a more recent thing. Uh, one of the most popular ones. Only till this year finally got uncovered was a 1976 episode of Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. With the Wicked Witch of the West, West from the... Um, Wizard of Oz. Was, thank you. It's, every time I try to fucking say one of the titles, it disappears from my head. But it only got one showing, and during test audiences, a lot of the children were freaked 
out by the witch. Yeah, even she, though she wasn't doing apparently abnormal, horrible things, it was still a kids show. Yeah. It's not like they went fucking balls to the wall it's on actually, this episode. It's actually one of two episodes banned from Sesame Street. That's more famous. Yes. The first one is from 1978, where it was uh, mixed children playing together in a park, mm-hmm. and that's how they opened it. Nope. <laughs> I got rid of that one. Well, we'll see. That that one was more banned, but you know, you could always still kind of find it. Mm. This was banned and then also lost because yeah. it never got re-airings. That specific mm. episode, I think that wound up getting re-aired by the late 80s Yeah, there's or so. actually a bounty for um, certain content like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, uh, the one, I think the famous one is the Christine Chubbuck live television broadcast where she kills herself on national television but like that's like the second one it's like i think it's like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. well it's out now uh someone's finally gotten it released but yeah so it was just kids found it way too scary uh it freaked them out way Mm -hmm. too much and again it's crazy how it wasn't until late 2022 did that episode finally see air Mm -hmm. again after only one showing yeah it kind of sucks because like the the reason it was lost is the uh film storage building that it was in had burned and like a bunch of classic movies were in there as well yeah and we had lost like decade like 10, 10 20 years worth of old films yeah were in there and just, devastating yeah so but yeah that's that's a famous one uh, yeah uh, another one i kind of like is the band episode of mr rogers i had that one up next in 1983 uh, mr rogers neighborhood had a five episode arc uh where mr rogers talks uh talks about conflict mm-hmm. uh the puppet king friday is worried about a neighboring town that was building a bomb to destroy make-believe so he led uh, his fellow residents into a bomb factory to start building their own it was intended to teach children about the cold war and the fear surrounding it but the episodes were all taken down due to their political nature yeah and this is during the reagan years and this is like tip top fucking arms arms build up and stuff like that yeah uh the one i was thinking of was from 1968 uh, before he got syndicated through pbs uh, was him explaining the word assassination it is kind of fucking weird and surreal to watch mr rogers as a young man hello uh there are many things we learn day by day and he's talking about the word assassination and he doesn't say the word until the very end and he's slowly telling you the definition of what it means to see someone be murdered in front of you (laughs) because martin luther king and robert kennedy were both assassinated in 1968 and it's fucking surreal as shit. But the the King Friday, like, hey, you see those motherfuckers over there? We're going to build bombs. Not, <laughs> not today, motherfucker. This is King Friday's company. Roger, Roger, put your special sweater on. <laughs> and the, and, and uh, buy me some gasoline. <laughs> uh, this episode has also been found. It was found years ago. Uh, and watching clips of this episode is so fucking bizarre because... You know, when we were kids, you just got stuck in front of PBS every so often. So everyone has seen at least an episode or two of Mr. Rogers. So I know the vibe they're going for. I know what they're trying to do. And watching King Friday fucking tell motherfuckers to build bombs is like the most uncanny valley weird episode mm. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one one band episode I saw on the debut day as a child. Uh, home was the name of the episode and it was for the x-files oh it was the hills have eyes on fox like, that's, <laughs> yes. that's what happened so like they go to a home of inbred fucking hillbillies and they've continuously inbreed in the show yeah the most visceral thing i remember is 
there is like a base that looks like a home plate base or something. They lift it up and there's a like a fetus under it and they show it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Because my grandpa got me into X-Files and we would watch it together. I think it was like a Friday night. We're watching it and that comes on. He's watching it with me and like after the episode, he just turns that shit off. And it's like, <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and the thing is, is I could have possibly watched that as well because the initial air date was 1996 and it only got one more time being aired as a Halloween special in 1999. This, this little motherfucker was watching Fox on Halloween in 1999 because that was Kiss Night. There was an entire Kiss Night on Fox for Halloween because they were playing uh, in promotion of their Psycho Circus album. Mm. So they were on Mad TV and right after Mad TV Fox, which I think showed like four songs from the live broadcast they were doing that night like they did like a live stream on tv and then immediately following that was going to be a re-air of that x-files episode and i just remember as clear as day when the kiss part wrapped up and they started showing previews for the x-file thing mom was like nope you're going to bed you're going to bed you're not watching this (laughs) it's it's a like even by today's standard it's a little fucked up and uh probably one that Kind of surprised me. And and here's the interesting thing is I remember the culture around this, but I never remember distinctly hearing about it. Uh, 1997 episode of Pokemon, Electric Soldier Porygon. Yeah. Uh, this was banned uh, pretty early on because in the climax of the episode, there's like this big explosion. And in the animation, they used flashing white, black, and red lights or white, blue, and red lights. That's what it was. And they were like really fast flashing. So it was giving some people with epilepsy seizures. Um, And I don't think the episode really ever made its way over. Oh, it did. Did it? I had I mean, it just I, had to be censored or I something. I had it on VHS. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, got so, it from a video store. And I was just like, holy shit, this is sucking. Like, this is metal. But, it, but he's like, you, it's, it's the poor God's effect. Like, he's using, like, uh, like Flash or some shit. And, yeah. it's like, and it's weird as fuck anyway, because the old Pokemon shows are just weird as shit anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had guns. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't give a fuck. And they eat a lot They're of, like, Charmander, go. Glock, go. But there's like, there's like, like, in that same thing, there's like, a scene where Brock is like cooking like a whole chicken and it's just like I've never seen a chicken in the Pokemon universe he's cooking a Pidgey yeah he's cooking a fucking Pidgey (laughs) that's a far-fetched he killed killed it he killed it in front of God and everybody they're eating a Spearow but the thing is, is I remember this being a thing because I remember the Simpsons parody when uh the family had to go to Japan for something and Homer turned on the TV and like every time he turned the TV on he started like seizuring out and like laying on the floor well they do it in King of the Hill too when they go to Japan make, I don't think they did the seizure joke though they, they made a joke about like oh no Peggy just comes and hits the TV no we're not here to watch TV and it, oh, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. about to be a dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was probably the first time I really noticed that like something I liked as a kid was becoming pop culture relevant because yeah. I started seeing that kind of reference. Yeah, I remember that being stuff. on the news too. Like I remember seeing that on like WBTV and then talking about, hey, this is you know, there's a warning out for kids about Pokemon because that same year was you know Pokemon's the devil. Yep. <laughs> See what happened. See what happened. Too bad. Uh, but yeah, that 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 was probably the funniest one 
when it came to like the Pokemon thing, it was like they're banning it because it's calling epilepsy. I'm like, not really. This, people have epilepsy. Yeah, th- there was a few others that were banned. Like that was a more popular one. But like, as I was joking before, there was one time like Ash came be bopping up on some dude and started talking smack, and he just like turns around and points a gun in his fucking head. You no, know, like the first thing Ash ever does in the fucking cartoon, like a Pokemon series, was try to catch a Pokemon with a rock. Like, <laughs> he, he, he tries to. Hit yeah, a, he just throws a fucking rock at yeah, a Pokemon, and, and, and like a, a bunch of Spearows come up and try to uh, like attack him yes <laughs> dumbass uh, and as we were talking about in uh the night that 90s show uh retrospective you know we th- there was always the very special episode of the sitcom oh yeah there's and, so many fucked up ones and what's funny is a lot of times the very special episodes are the ones that wind up getting lost or banned mm. mainly because they try to touch on too much of a sensitive topic and i found this to be a really one weird one in 1991 tiny tune adventures had a very special episode called the one beer in which Buckster Bunny uh, and Plucky Duck and Hampton J. Pig mm-hmm. uh, all decide that they're going to drink a beer. Uh, they get so drunk that they eventually drive off a cliff and die. Mm. And even though it opened with a warning, the episode was pulled from syndication because it was considered too heavy for Saturday morning cartoon, even though it was also shown to just be a dream. Yeah. That's so fucked and weird, though, that like a kid's show from 91 would like tackle drunk driving and death <laughs> to young kids i yeah, don't it's 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 fucking wild uh because they're so like animaniacs was able to push push a little more mm-hmm. because warner brothers didn't give a fuck yeah but with tiny tunes there's so many more fucked up things they could have banned oh yeah other than that like there was a kid that who was a human being and he was super rich mm-hmm there's a whole episode where he tries to buy the female bunny. He doesn't say why he wants to buy her, but the blue bunny tries to sell her. <laughs> <laughs> blue bunny trying to make some cash. <laughs> yeah, and he's trying to sell his female friend to yeah. the rich guy who's a human being. And this is like, it, it's that, it, it, I think, would be a little bit more on the nose than a dream of getting shit faced yeah <laughs> yeah but, it's just maybe a little but like uh, go to like special ep- like on a special episode you know french press fresh press of bel-air had a great one where uh will and carlton are going to go camping well will breaks something of carlton's but he says let me tell you something i'll pay for it let's go to the atm well they go to the atm a guy shows up pulls a gun ends up shooting will and it's a very visceral episode because it's serious. You know, even in Beverly, you know, even in Bel Air, Beverly Hills, you know, you can still be a victim of gun violence. And the turn on the special episode is Carlton goes out and buys a motherfucking gun and keeps that motherfucking thing on him. <laughs> and then Will is like, don't do that. Don't be that guy. You know, don't be that guy looking for vengeance. Even though their dad is a judge, you know, who, who's the epitome of, you know, justice. Yes. And it's a very fucked up episode to watch. Kind of like when Will's dad shows up. And <laughs> but yeah, all those very special episodes. Yeah, that's a very serious like topic. I mean, mm-hmm. Those are the shows I watched growing up. But I remember watching that. I'm like, holy shit, you, he got shot. Can you think of another banned episode? Because that one was never banned. Like, that, that's actually a well yeah. high regarded episode. Uh, uh, in the show Community, uh, there is an episode where they play D&D together. 
This is banned for the dumbest fucking reason. Uh, Ken Jeong, uh, the, the Asian character that shows up, he's in the Hangover and stuff like that, uh, paints his skin black. Not brown, black, because he's playing a night elf. He dyes his hair flat white. He's got little pointed ears, and he's he's investing himself in this D&D game. The whole crux of the episode, though, is to make one character feel better about himself, to let people know that, hey, your hobbies are valid, and we're not treating you like shit. We want you, we want to experience your hobbies with you, to tell us what you know, basically, and make him part of the cohesive unit. They banned the fucking episode because he's dressed in blackface. <laughs> but he's not in blackface, you know, and it's not like a racial thing. He's literally a role-playing character, <laughs> and they banned the fucking episode. And Dan Harmon is the one who wrote the fucking episode. And not he's surprising. Like, and he's just like, what the fuck? Like, he's losing <laughs> his shit. And, like, any type of, like, uh, when you watch Community on, uh, on streaming, that episode doesn't exist, along with two episodes from South Park. Yeah, so we'll get to those. But, like, that, that is one of those things that's, like that's why you banned it mm-hmm. this w- literally was an anti-bullying episode and you fucking ruined it you got bullied it, well that's the same thing that happened with south park but i won't talk about that one last because there's a lot of, that went on with that um one of them that uh, is maybe a little bit more in recent times and maybe not a surprising one but it's, let's go ahead and move on over to a family guy episode uh 2010's partial terms of endearment where uh, Lois becomes uh, a surrogate for an old friend as her hu- uh, an old friend and her husband, but uh, okay, okay, it's, it's summing it up way too quick. That's why I was kind of slowing down. All right, yeah, Lois meets up with some friends. The husband is unable to, well, the wife is unable to hold the child uh, to term, so she, Lois agrees to be a surrogate mother. Everything's going good. Took a lot of convincing on Peter's behalf, the set and the other. Well. The main hook of the episode is they die, and now she's stuck with the baby, Mm. and now they have to decide what to do with it, and that's kind of the whole episode is that conversation of, do we keep it? Do we abort it? This, that, and the other, and it's not really known what exactly they're going to do until the very end where Peter just kind of like, it's almost like a quick cutaway, and he's just like, we got rid of it. It's like, go straight to the credits. Yeah. And that episode was uh, banned. It was the season eight finale, uh, and it is never properly aired in the U.S. You can find it on DVD. It is available, but it never got an air date. And I've watched the episode. Honestly, I think they created their own banned episode. Mm -hmm. I think they hyped it up so much, Fox got scared. It was when you watch the actual episode... I get why maybe they were a little scared to air it, but compared to all the other like crazy shit that happens today on TV, the jokes were pretty tame. Mm. Um, the messaging never really leaned heavy to one side or another. It made great, you know, points for both a pro-life and a pro-choice stance. So it's no. not like they are being heavy-handed with either. Honestly, I think just the reason they may have cut it is because of the crassness of just the decision. Like, just one line at the very end. Yeah, we got rid of it. So, that may have been the whole reason being is they left such a heavy decision 
on just one little quick throwaway line at the very end of the episode. Well, Seth MacFarlane had talked about this episode because uh, before that, they had created the movie, this is the Family Guy movie. Yes, which the was untold a, story of Stewie Griffin. Which is about three episodes. It's literally what they did for the following yeah, season. And, that was, and that's what it was. This one was supposed to be the next movie on DVD. And it was supposed to be two episodes in length, um, but extended episodes. So let's say you push it to like 80 minutes or some shit like that. And it was going to be the next movie, you know, a faux movie. Right. Because I remember this untold story, Stuart Griffin was in the video store mm-hmm. and it was a black case and everything. And it was just like, oh, okay, this is like, oh, it's just three episodes from the show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, but I remember when that came out and he said he wanted to push it so hard because he wanted to see if he could get canceled again. Because up to that up until that point, they had got canceled twice, and then by the time season eight was all around, they were part of Adult Swim on syndication and Fox. So, and then TBS, you know, came in and picked up more of his content until the point where years later they ended up carrying American Dad. So it was a thing to see what he could get away with. Uh, he talked about it on uh, I think Vanity Fair or something. Yeah. Like that. But he talked about like, oh, I just wanted to see what I could do because he's like he, he's like up here in ego and he wanted to knock himself down a peg because yeah. he knew he was losing his shit. <laughs> and like he, he, he was having that spell problem where he's just like, what the fuck am I? <laughs> and like that, that's what it was really for. And I remember reading that article. I'm just like, what the fuck you rich prick <laughs> now they're fucking like season 19 or some shit it, well it, and actually even from that it was pretty funny they uh what they had like this the episode wasn't good but no, much, it's but, not as good as the rest though no and uh and the episode i'm about to mention isn't that good um but much like family guy every episode has like one or two lines that you can kind of chuckle at and then the rest of it you just kind of stare blankly at uh the episode where peter meets trump uh there was I never a, saw that one. I never did either, but they showed a clip where they were kind of going back and forth where Trump was like, you know, you're not that different from me. I believe in this, that, and the other. I don't like this, that, and the other. I don't like the gays. He's like, well, to be fair, we've been kind of cutting down on the gay jokes. <laughs> but then, like, the following season, a character in an audience raised his hand and goes, hey, uh, didn't you say last season you were cutting down on the gay jokes? And Peter just goes, that was horribly misquoted and extremely ununderstood. Yeah. Misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're talking about like, you're talking about uh, bringing that one up. A newer show that had a banned episode out the gate was uh, uh, the show Hannibal. Yes, uh, the show Hannibal had had a lot of shows that should have been banned uh, <laughs> because it should have been on fucking HBO for for. But it was on NBC of all places, uh-huh. and there was an episode on there, and I remember pretty vividly was um, a woman was kidnapping children. By killing their whole family, she was a family uh, annihilator, which is an actual term used for certain types of killers. Um, and she would keep one kid alive, and the kid would join a group of other kids who helped her annihilate whole families. Yeah, and that's how she recruited. You know, uh, it's kind of like the same plot of the movie Sinister mm-hmm. without ghosts and shit. <laughs> you okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, so these little band of kids are walking around finding other kids. And then following them home and then murdering their families. Yeah. Uh, Molly Shannon is in it, a, an SNL alum that doesn't fit, 
but somehow that you know how like the comedian plays a great villain mm-hmm. this was her because she gets shot and she doesn't go down immediately and i'm just like holy shit it's like the terminator kill her <laughs> keep shooting her keep shooting her <laughs> but like it, they, they catch him in the act of almost killing an entire family while they have a new kid and if you ever get a chance to watch the show hannibal it mm-hmm. is batshit insane <laughs> like the the visuals alone are just like metal album covers <laughs> like <laughs> Well, another one that surprised me, this was one of them. Now, we're starting to get into uh, territory of like, I saw this on sh- TV. Mm-hmm. Um, SpongeBob SquarePants, Midlife Crustacean. Mm-hmm. This one surprised me that this was a banned episode. Um, it was the third season, ep- uh, it was in the third season, and uh, Mr. Krabs is kind of feeling down and out. They feel like he's an old man. So he calls upon Patrick and SpongeBob to like, you know, bring his youth back out. Um, in which going through town, they're doing all this stuff. And it's like, they're like, you want some crazy funny? So it's like, yes, yes. And then they're like, go to an ice cream shop. And they're like, in this crazy Mr. Krabs. And like the entire time, he's like, you're just a bunch of nerds and all this works. And then Patrick goes, oh, so you really don't want to do the big one we were saving for last he's like what he goes the panty raid and the whole thing after that is they're trying to send uh mr krabs into a house to steal a pair of panties and get back out every fucking early coming of age 1980s fucking nerd movie it's it's revenge of the nerds (laughs) essentially and that movie that episode uh originally was supposed to air in november of 2020 of 2002 but was later canceled by nickelodeon it was later shown on the network uh but further reruns have excluded it and that's why i'm sitting here going i know i've seen it because that's where one of the uh, popular lines of are you feeling it now mr krabs are you feeling it now mr krabs that's where that comes from it comes from that episode it comes from a banned episode of spongebob and so but just like according to this article from uh, watch mojo like it's not on like paramount plus or prime or any of that like you can't find that episode on streaming anymore yeah um a show that I really loved watching growing up, but I still do on Memorial Day weekend, is The Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, so The Twilight Zone has one band episode because of the time it aired. Yeah. So during during the height of our invasion of Vietnam, uh, George Takai from Star Trek uh, was in an episode called The Encounter. Well, in the in Star in Twilight Zone fashion, it's a very weird opener. Rod Serling just shows up out of reality and says, "Hey, this is a room full of war trophies." There's a special trophy in the back, and it's a samurai sword. And what happened was the man who has this sword killed a soldier in battle and took the sword home. War spoils. Can't do that anymore, but that's the thing. Um, and that's a, that was a proper thing of Japanese soldiers where certain uh, captains or uh, squad leaders and stuff would carry samurai swords into battle because uh, it's part of their fucking culture. Anyway, he took one home as a trophy. Uh, well, eventually he goes toe to toe with the master of that sword. Uh, he appears in the attic because it's the Twilight Zone. That's the reasoning, and they go toe to toe with each other with each other over over the sword. But it's all about when does conflict end? And with the whole invasion of Southeast Asia, which isn't you know another part of World War II, Korea, Vietnam. You know when are we getting the fuck out of Asia? You know we've been here for three fucking decades. Uh, it did not go over well. No. <laughs> no. Uh, George Takai said he was very sad that it it was the second band episode he was ever in mm. of, of a show. Because yeah. uh, there is another episode of Star Trek he's banned called Patterns of Force, which uh, 
the the crew end up going back in time to an alternate earth where the Nazis were in charge and they end up kicking Nazi ass. <laughs> That's what it was. But they banned that episode because of the depiction of the Nazis. Uh, and one Nazi in particular is very being sympathetic, drawn, oh. who was drawn in too quickly into the Nazi thing. But it is about four. It was about violence, beginning uh, violence and stuff like that. And George Takai just, I love his trail off on it. He's just like, yeah, and Rod never invited me back again. <laughs> and I'm just like, really? George, that's what you took from that. <laughs> Rob had no fucking way to say that. Like, that's not his say. <laughs> and at least in our circle, uh, I think this is a good one to end on because I think that unless there's like another like specifically notable one you want to bring up, because uh, we've got little small things yeah. like like uh, an episode of The Simpsons where uh, there was a they go to New York. Yeah, they go to New York, and there's like a photo of like the two twin towers with a nine right beside mm-hmm. it, you know, and shit like that, which was pure coincidence. But at the same time, that's now a banned yeah. episode. So there's just a whole bunch of like weird censorship and, like, things I know like that. I know you're a fan of the Seinfeld and like. They're, Puerto Rican day. Yeah, that goes over south. Yeah. I, I think that's like the second to last episode of the series, too. That's why they go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they go to jail at yeah. the end is because of that Puerto Rican episode. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, out of all of those, those were about the biggest ones. The, the school shooting episode from Buffy was kind of visceral for a lot of people yeah. who, who, from the Joss Whedon experience, were just like, holy shit. Because it aired in 1999, which was the same year as Columbine happened. Yeah. And like people were like, holy fuck. But he had a plan. He had planned that ahead of time, and they had filmed it before Columbine even happened. And it's just like, what the shit? Yep. On coincidence, you know? Yeah, it's fucking wild. Well, it, well that was even like... Um the Boston Marathon mm. Family Guy had already scripted out, animated, and like fully released an episode where Peter ran through a crowd with his car at mm-hmm. the Boston Marathon and was like, "Did I win?" Literally, like a week later is when the bombing happened, and there were like, and like a bunch of people were trying to do like Family Guy predicted the future, and Seth shut that shit down quick. He was like, "No." fucking stop it you goddamn animals this was a tragedy we were making comedy we didn't know anything the episode is pulled shut the fuck up yeah, it, it, it is kind of funny i got a funny story about the boston bombing but uh um, there, there's no, phrasing there's probably no funny story about the boston bombing i got a funny story about what i heard it <laughs> but um probably the biggest one though and i feel that um both of us probably have a lot of information on is the infamous episodes 200 and 201 from South Park. Yeah, so you have to torrent these episodes because God forbid you have anything nice in this world. Yes. Uh, But no, 200 and 201 open up kind of like Imagination Land. It was going to be a big two-part series. Uh, And Trey Parker and Matt Stone, just like Seth MacFarlane, were just like, cancel us. We're tired of your bullshit you know they enjoyed making the show but you know a lot of stuff you know it, it was getting to that point where the studio could probably tell them what to do and like they yeah. didn't want to do that no more uh because they've said multiple times if anyone tells us how we do our own fucking show we will end it we will go we will step the fuck away yeah. um and, and they're big enough now where they could probably just pull from any network and be like we're our own independent thing go to southpark.cc to watch a new episode i now. think that's why they made that uh deal with paramount because you know we've had two three movies already technically so we still need seven more so <laughs> um because it's not a 10 movie deal um but 
with this with this one it was a lot of bringing back old characters bringing back some plot lines uh one of the biggest plot lines was who is cartman's father now south park did a fuck you and said cartman's mom was his own daddy yes it turns out it was mr tetterman yep scott tetterman's father uh scott tetterman's father and his mother were both killed by a farmer and ground into meat by cartman made into chili human chili and was fed to scott tetterman at a chili con cook-off yep chili con carnival which he hosted uh all because he said i taught a horse to eat your dick <laughs> well I, well no the, the whole crux of the episode was scott uh sold him pubes well like but like that was his vengeance was i was going to train a pony to bite your dick off yes and but then, instead i killed your parents yeah i killed your parents <laughs> and fed them in chili uh, and my favorite quote is mm, chef this is very good chili <laughs> and they animate the mouth because it was still it was still around that time before like computers and shit were getting involved and it was like <laughs> well computers uh, were doing all the episodes starting at episode two yeah they, everything was done on computers but they were still on. using the uh, scanned images of, yeah. the, of the mouths and uh, stuff so, so it's just like real choppy <laughs> uh, and fucking hilarious and yeah that was like one of like 50 plot lines they were bringing back another it was thing like Cartman's dad Scott Centerman the super best friends we're back with the prophet Muhammad yes. and C-Man uh, <laughs> Yeah, Seaman and uh, uh, my hawk, Swallow. Yeah. <laughs> there was Seaman, Jesus, the Prophet Muhammad, Joseph Smith, uh, and then uh, I want to say the Buddha. Yeah, Gandhi. Gandhi, and they were all part of the super best friends, and they fought. Uh, Muhammad appears in an older episode. Yes. Now who that, shoots flames out of his hands. That's the part I wanted to bring up. So context is everything with why this episode got mm. banned in the exact same time this was happening uh other animators and cartoonists were getting either murdered or bombed if they showed the prophet muhammad yes. in a negative light yeah well if they drew him at all yeah so it, that came, it, that it came, wasn't yeah. even like showing in a negative light yeah. it was if you draw a photo of the prophet muhammad that is reason enough for execution and mm. i think it was like what a newspaper or something got bombed there was a guy named charlie hebdo uh at the time of the of it who had drawn a photo of muhammad with a um a turban with a fuse coming out of it so it looked like a bomb (laughs) it's hilarious it's a solid joke yeah uh but going back to what you were saying that going after people who drew muhammad that had actually came about because of the Taliban, not any other Muslim group. And I thought that was just like the biggest fucking thing about it was like, oh, no, the Taliban. This is actually a precursor to like ISIS and shit. So this whole thing fucking happened because of some bullshit scripture that someone said. Meanwhile, Trey Parker about someone showing Jesus with a kukaran, which is a knife with five blades and killing people with yeah. it. So like... <laughs> I don't really give a shit. And, and that was their stance on it. Is they're like, we're not show, like what you were saying. We're not showing him in any sort of negative light. Mm. He is on the same footing as every other, you know, godly deity, deity that's yeah. here. We should be able to make this episode. And the entire time Muhammad was on screen, there was a huge black censor bar. Yeah. And the the second episode, episode one hundred two hundred one is probably the most egregious of it all. So we already had part one where you saw, you know, the censor and everything else. And even Matt and Trey were like, 
we didn't approve of that. That wasn't our joke. Like, this was the episodes I said I remember watching. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that episode and going, oh, that's funny. He's there, but they just made him a sensor bar. I get that. That's actually kind of funny. Then read a week, like a couple days later, they're like, yeah, no, we didn't put that there. Like Comedy Central retroactively put that there uh, during the airing. So, Mm -hmm. no, that was not what it was meant to be. The second episode happens, more sensor bars, and at the very tail end, Kyle's entire speech is beeped. Yep. And it's like you you can hear the unedited version, like a, a version got leaked out somewhere. And Kyle's "I think we learned something" speech was talking about not bowing to bullying because because yeah. the, the oh the the B plot of that was Cartman trying to get sell, uh, Family Guy canceled. Oh, that was a, that was a thing because like holy because everybody in the town were freaking out because oh my god Family Guy's going to show Muhammad and it was one last fuck you, uh, not just to like. It wasn't really a fuck you to Family Guy, but to the people that run Family Guy. That isn't yeah, Seth MacFarlane. the writers. Yeah, yeah. And like, hey, can you show this? Why would you capitulate to a group of terrorists? Do you believe that your safety is involved? Yeah, that's fine. You can believe that all fucking day. That's why you don't yell fire in a theater. But like, <laughs> like you're just saying that I'm going to bow down to these threats and it's very un-American in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very fucked up. And it goes back to, like, who's really in charge when it comes to writing these shows? And uh, another part of this was uh, a lot of actors and actresses who have been made fun of on South Park. All came back. Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. They all Mecca came, Streisand. Yeah, but they. it was because around that same time, uh, those people were going after television but mainly South Park because they were being made fun of Rob Reiner and stuff like that. And they're talking about how it's just trash TV, even though he had a positive light about it when he first got made fun of. But now all of a sudden, Oh no, South Park is the worst thing on television. It's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why they brought him back. Hey, look, it's Tom. He's packing fudge. <laughs> He's Tom, a fudge packer. Tom Cruise is a fudge packer. Uh, fudge packer. <laughs> but like that was the whole thing, and I was just like, "That is a solid joke." And like they're brought back Streisand and everything, and I was just like, "That was the weirdest part." Why do you hate Barbara Streisand? And it's just like they, they never fully explained it. And they're like, like, you know, everyone we make fun of, it's all in good spirit, except for Barbara Streisand. We fucking hate, hate her. her. Yeah, fuck, her. <laughs> fuck her in particular. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that, that that's probably from them being in school having to watch fucking Fiddler on the Roof or some shit. <laughs> but yeah, they said like the two hundred and two hundred one are so actually hard to find. Steel, you could torrent them all day. Um, if I was making a collection, yeah, I would. But like you, we were going back to the Muhammad episode. I, Muhammad, I think, believes in Peter's in season three. Or yes, four. and uncensored. I have that on DVD <laughs> and he's using flame powers. Yes. And the whole thing was, uh, an evil scientist had, uh, inhabited the statue of Abraham Lincoln and he was walking around destroying these, destroying the towns and whatever. And so the super best friend's best idea was we'll make a giant statue of John Wilkes Booth. And it just, bam, <laughs> way to go. Super best friends. What the fuck? Because they're trying to use all their powers. And he's like, yoga flame. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? 
Because <laughs> he looked like Dawson. <laughs> and unfortunately, that episode, along with 200 and 201, are not on HBO or Paramount, whatever the fuck the episodes they're of South Park live now. No. no, they're still on HBO. Not, not those episodes, though. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like those, no, those no, three no. episodes specifically. There's more. There's a lot of episodes of South Park that mm-hmm. are kind of gotten rid of, but those are probably the most popular. And I, I do know the Rainforest episode is banned. Yeah, with uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> the thing is, is the the Rainforest Critters episode. I'm not surprised that one got banned, and I'm not that sad about it because it wasn't even that funny to start with. I remember the Rainforest episode, not the Christmas Critters. Oh, I, Christmas thought, Critter, the Christmas Critters were banned for reason yeah i was gonna say that one wasn't even funny when it these, was when just christmas like, card ugh. christmas card animals were to start yelling blood orgy and it's just like way to go stan yeah <laughs> you fuck <laughs> but like yeah it's it's fun now it is fun to fight them in the game <laughs> i bet because they have a weird fucking ability where they can double team and fucking go uh on each side of you uh-huh. and then resurrect <laughs> it's bullshit <laughs> But no, I just, I remember watching those episodes when it came out. So it's like just in this whole episode of like band episodes and stuff, it is weird to think that like mm-hmm. that weird childhood memory you have of watching one of your favorite shows and then like you've come to find out year later, oh, I can't watch that episode anymore. And knowing that you were part of that, you know, it was even though it's a big number, it's still mm-hmm. small in the grand scheme of things. You know, that couple hundred thousand that watched that episode, and that's it and like, when uh, it happened. Like going back to that like community, like when I found out that was banned, uh, I have it saved on a hard drive the entire show. And I was just like, I was trying to look for it, and I was like, okay, I have it there. Yep. But I'm like, that is such a good episode. It, it's actually a highlight of the season itself. And people like even fans of community when they make like top 10 lists on reddit and shit it's on that list yeah. but it's banned for the dumbest fucking reason and it's just ken jeong of from the hangover dressed in pure black like the color black skin and white hair playing a night elf and it's so fucking hilarious i wish i still had some of my old hard drives because um kind of looking up videos and stuff over the last few years of these band episodes uh there's a lot of of course south park and family guy episodes Mm -hmm. well i was a big family guy fan early on and i had a zoom player and that motherfucker what happened to you man (laughs) you you fucking traitor (laughs) that thing was the shit too man a big screen so it's like you can put tv and movies on it so Mm. i put the entire catalog of family guy up to that point on it and listening to some of these banned or censored episodes i'm sitting here going i had that version on my zoom I know I had that version because that's the way I'm used to hearing it. I, I don't know about this other version. Like this, the censored version is a new version to me. I've always had the uncensored, like weird, like TV version. I wish I still had those hard drives because they were pretty good quality, like better quality mm. than the clips you find on YouTube. And I'm just like, ah, oh, the Lost Media crew would love me if I still had this hard drive. <laughs> I had that for like uh, the PSP when it first came out. I realized had a open video player on yeah, it. Yeah, open source video. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I watched the Boondocks. That's that's how I watched the Boondocks on my fucking PSP. And then my buddy's like, "You can watch video on that." I'm like, "Yeah, all you gotta do is put a little SD. I bought a little SD card and yep. micro, and did, did all that shit." And I'm just like, because I was still using a fucking uh, computer that had Windows uh, XP on it, and I'm just like, "Oh, I gotta transfer these files," but the fucking tower itself doesn't have a slot for it so i had to use someone's laptop and i was just like thank god <laughs> this, like, this is fucking ridiculous but no uh, 
I love going into all that. I love talking about like lost media and shit like that, especially mm. if it's weird stuff that you know you saw as a kid that like is now lost media, and you're yeah. like, oh, I saw it. Now I can't see it mm. anymore. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that's what's funny is there's like a list online of a bounty on a lot of these, like especially the older stuff where people didn't do streaming and stuff or record or Devo. Yeah, uh, before um, Betamax and VHS yeah. was really yeah, usable. but there is a the highest bounty right now is two million dollars if you have footage of christine chubbick who was a uh anchor for the cincinnati news i believe and they made a whole movie about her she got on live television and she was tired of the news station just showing violence because her job was to show the good news and she would go to like farms and schools and talk about you know this and that and they kept cutting her segments and so she got on live television and said, to be in keeping with channels such and such as Blood and Gore and your daily feed, I'm Christine Chubbuck. And she pulls a pistol out of her fucking under and puts it in her mouth and shoots her fucking head off. And people on TV were like, what the fuck just happened? And like, because it was live. Yeah. And the studio or whatever, the news company destroyed all fucking material. Well, I'm not surprised. But there is a $2 million bounty for it. Now, they're not saying it didn't happen, but they're just like, we want that shit. See, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, Christine Chubby. It's wild because not long after that, uh, a man named Bud Dwyer had shot himself. See, I heard about that one. Bud Dwyer is a guy who got fucked over. Yeah. And uh, to sh- as a show of force, pulls out a fucking pistol. Everybody's like, holy shit, he's going to shoot everybody. But he kills himself. And that, that was part of like the faces of death and like traces of death movies and stuff like that. But the Christine Chubbick one uh, is the wildest fucking story about a snuff film <laughs> like I think I've ever read. Well, it wouldn't be a Couch Potatoes episode without Chris bringing up at least some sort of heinous murder. Snuff. <laughs> it's for you. It's for me. If you got any sort of episode recommendations for us, we've been building up a nice little Google Doc, kind of getting more into the flow of this. Got a couple good ideas but if you've got some ideas for us hop in that episode description tap that discord link and sign on up uh we share a lot of different memes in there we share some recipes we got a bunch of musicians in there so we talk about ways to make your guitars and your drums sound all beefy and then chris has got his own little corner where he yells about conspiracies and serial killers Come and join in. Have some fun with us. But for this episode of The Couch Brotatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. As that rubber band is slowly cutting off the circulation to your finger, do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I would love a, a biopic of Maury right now, just starring just someone who doesn't fit the look. Like Jim Carrey. Well, didn't we get one on Springer? Uh, I don't know if we ever got a movie about Springer. Uh, we got a documentary about okay. Springer. But I'm talking about a full like biopic about just Maury and him just like off off camera just being like, you are the fucking father. I lied. <laughs> and it's just like losing his shit.